Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. But today we've got a special guest for you. So I've I've had a number of guests on the radio, but I'm very specially pleased to have my guest today. Uh, Mr. Ron Blue joins me via phone from, from his home. And I want to welcome Ron to the microphone today. Welcome to Talking Money, Ron. Well, good to be with you, Mike. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we are looking forward to it as well. I I know you've you've written seventeen books. Master Your Money is probably the one that most people would have heard of. It's been is had multiple printings and sold. It's a bestseller, so it's been around a, a long time with some good sound uh, financial wisdom there that you've had. And so for years you uh, worked with clients and helping them with their own personal financial using biblical wisdom to do that. Uh, what I appreciate more, really, from my own standpoint, and want to publicly thank you for the the selfless, endless hours that you spent putting together training materials for financial advisors like myself to help us in our desire to to use our our business for uh, God's kingdom and the hours that you spent. I know you didn't do it for the for the big bucks, Ron, because there was there, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, so I know it had to be a true desire. So I, I thank you uh, for the time that you spent doing that. And it's certainly had a, a large impact on my own life and I know on many others. Oh, thank you, Mike. You're very kind. Um, I, I, it did spend a lot of time, but uh, it's been well worth it and I tell people that uh, I didn't write 17 books. I wrote one book 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's not exactly the case, but yeah, but I know the the main one, master your money, and I've and I've heard people uh, many times will tell me that they were they recall reading and and using that book just in the last couple of weeks. Had a new prospective client who said that they remembered she and her husband. She's now a widow and have used that book when they're in their early years of marriage and so forth to help guide them in the principles of finance, especially from a biblical perspective. Um, but I, we're going to talk a lot about that because I want to, I want people to know your journey uh, in the world of finance and so forth, how, how we got here today. But I want to ask you a question uh, about your growing up years. So I love to ask people like yourself, uh, what lessons about money do you recall learning while you were growing up, maybe as a young teenager, uh, even a young married couple, but uh, especially those teenage years, early 20s? What did you learn? Uh, remember learning about money and, and who was it that influenced you the most about money during those years? Well, I grew up in the 50s, really, 50s and 60s, and the world was a lot different world then. Um, I remember asking my dad, uh, once I said, Dad, how much income would it take for you to be really wealthy? And he thought about it, and he said, well, about $8,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, a little, little difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, was my so, starting, that was my starting salary, <laughs> about $8,000 a year. <laughs> and I wasn't rich. Yeah, uh, well, uh, so, I, so I remember money being pretty tight. Uh, but I remember also that there were no credit cards, uh, and uh, people typically, uh, even home mortgages, uh, were difficult uh, to get to, uh, to be able to get. Uh, to get. So uh, I remember, though, that there were people in the town where I grew up in Indiana that had a lot of money, and they lived in big houses. So if I look, if I learned one thing, it was. Boy, the more you can get, the uh, better off you'll be. I didn't unlearn that until I became an adult. Ah, uh, okay. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, so money was, it was an object, but it was nothing like it is today in terms of, uh, so central to everyone's life. It was just get by, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we never went out uh, to dinner, for example, and uh, and uh, vacations were always to relatives. Uh, so we, I don't ever remember taking a vacation where we didn't go visit one of my uh, mom's brothers or sisters. Yeah, so, that's that's kind of the way it was for us. And and you talk about going out to eat. Uh, I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio. And I think I remember there being a burger chef, and maybe that was the only place you could go. If you're going to go to fast food, there really wasn't much option anyway. No, there really wasn't. In fact, when I was growing up, there was uh, uh, fast food. McDonald's did come on uh, the scene in the uh, 50s, Uh, but there were no chain hotels. There were no chain restaurants, uh, and McDonald's was, was really an exception So it was. Everything was pretty much standalone. If there were restaurants, Uh, and there was, there was nothing like we have today, for sure. So I grew up with a whole different mindset uh, than what my kids grew up with. So the one lesson Uh, you you learned that you needed to unlearn was that the more money you had, the more that 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 you could get was not necessarily the the best thing for you. No, for sure. In fact, I, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of wealthy people over the last 40 years. And one of the things that I've observed is what I would call the paradox of prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the paradox of prosperity is that uh, the more you have, the more choices you have. Therefore, the more confusing life becomes. Mm. Now, I'm not saying having more uh, is a bad thing. But I'm saying that if uh, if you believe the American dream that uh, if the more money you get, the happier you'll be and the more free you'll be, that's really not true. Uh, yeah. So it's okay to have a lot of money, but it's not uh, okay for that money to uh, drive your life, if you will, in terms of your values. Right. That that money so, had better not define you, or if if God ever takes that away, then then that's when you're anxiety level shoots to the roof and suicide rates increase and all those things that, that are not good things for us to even think about. So yeah, money is not uh, more money. Although I know a lot of people have said, well, if I just had, you know, money may not make you happy, but you know, I'd, I'd sort of love to give it a shot. <laughs> so give me some more money to see what happens, but yeah, yeah then it, then it doesn't, uh, doesn't always do well. So when we get back yeah. from the break, we have to take a break in just a minute, but I, we're going to okay. talk about why you decided to go in the accounting field and get your CPA and what, what drove you that way pretty much your your journey in finance because i want to talk about that that history of how why you started it and the, and the transition ultimately to financial planning we'll be back with more of discussion with my special guest ron blue in just a minute ronald blue trust is pleased to sponsor talking money ronald blue trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear bondage and conflict they want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions live generously and leave a lasting legacy as a trust company ronald blue trust advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values 
and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And joining me on the phone today, this morning, is my special guest, the one who, the founder of Ronald Blue Trust, he's essentially Ronald Blue and Company, which eventually changed to Ronald Blue Trust several years ago, is uh, my good friend, Ron Blue. So welcome back to the microphone, Ron. It's so glad to have you with us today. I want you to talk a little bit about, because uh, we hear about Ronald Blue Trust, and so we're thankful for that because it gave us an opportunity to merge with a company that that we uh, were so aligned culturally to continue during our work to try to advance the kingdom through financial planning and helping Christians become financially free in order to um, really pursue the the Great Commission. So so tell us a little bit about those early years. What made you get into accounting, CPA, and then ultimately what got you into financial planning? Well, uh, I got into accounting, uh, when I, I guess because uh, I met my future wife as an undergraduate at Indiana University. And I was in marketing, and uh, marketing tended to be sales, and I wasn't really interested in sales. And so when I uh, realized that I was going to get married, I looked around, and I saw that accounting was a a terrific uh, profession uh, to be involved in. So uh, I got an MBA degree, and I majored in accounting and uh, passed the CPA exam and then went to work on Wall Street with the world's largest uh, accounting firm at the time. Uh, so it was because I saw the opportunity uh, in accounting. Uh, I spent three years with, uh, P- which then was Pete Marwick, now it's KPMG. Uh, and uh, then I started a CPA firm uh, back in Indiana, where I was from. Uh, and I ran and managed that uh, for seven years um, before I became uh, a believer and decided that I was that God had uh, called me out of the business world and into ministry. So I left that firm, which is still going today. It's one of the larger firms in the country, frankly. Uh, and I made I spent two years traveling to Africa, Mike, with a, a crew or Campus Crusade at that time. And I saw the incredible disparity between uh, wealth. Uh, in the third or in America and wealth in the third world or the lack of wealth. Um, and that led me to think about, uh, could I help people get back into my accounting uh, mindset and help people plan and manage their finances so they'd have more to give away. And the first client that I w- did a financial plan for, uh, we designed a plan for him to give away a million dollars over five years. And that just took off. Um, which would have been a lot of money uh, back then that's that was a million dollars is a lot now but it really would have been a lot then yeah it was in 1980 and um but i've often thought uh that had 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 he wanted to give a hundred thousand instead of a million uh my bar would have been lower Mm. but the bar was pretty high Mm -hmm. uh and my my marketing pitch was Hey, if you want to give away more money, I can help you. Yeah. So, <laughs> what a marketing pitch. <laughs> give, yeah, give money true. away. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's totally counterintuitive. But 
I got really honored that, and uh, I began to speak to major donor groups with ministries all over the country, and uh, not it didn't take long before I had a national clientele of wealthy Christians, uh, and we're, we're helping them give away money. And uh, so, it, actually, Mike, uh, when I look back now, uh, I could say this. There's really two languages. Uh, one was the language of Wall Street or financial knowledge and literacy. And there's good information coming out of uh, Wall Street, generically speaking. Uh, but there's also uh, a lot said about money in the Bible. Uh, in fact, there's over 2,300 verses dealing with money and money management. And so what I what I did, it, it was actually not even by design, but I took biblical wisdom and applied biblical wisdom to the best of financial advice. And I found that all good financial advice ultimately had its uh, roots uh, in a biblical principle. And so we proved that uh, biblical wisdom uh, was very, very uh, good for making good financial decisions. And we married uh, the, the language of the world with the language of the Bible when it came to finances uh, and built a, a business uh, of giving people biblical wisdom advice uh, that is applied to the financial services yeah. world. Share, share with the listeners your illustration. I've seen you do many times. It's not quite as impactful on the radio because we can't see you. But when you compare the Wall Street Journal uh, to the Bible. Yeah, yeah when I speak... Uh, which I haven't done for quite a while because of the pandemic. Uh, but I I hold up the Wall Street Journal uh, and say, you know, this is something that uh, is read every day by people who are pretty sophisticated when it comes to money. Uh, and there's really good information in here. Uh, but tomorrow it'll be different. Uh, and then I hold up the Bible and I say, here's a book that's been around for 3,000 years, and it hasn't changed. Right. And the idea is, uh, and I put the Wall Street Journal inside the Bible and say, that this is really the best way to think about money and to make financial decisions. And that is using the wisdom of the Bible to, uh, applied to the best of financial uh, knowledge. Uh, but... Uh, but you know the Wall Street Journal is going to change every day, and and the Bible is never going to change. Right, right. So uh, God's word is. I, well, you've heard me say tell uh, or tell staff that uh, biblical principles are always right. They're always relevant, and they're never going to change. Right. Uh, there, therefore, uh, I can give advice based in the, on the Bible. That's. <laughs> Always right, uh, always relevant, and it's never going to change. That's right. Yeah, that's why master your money would be so relevant for so many years, except for maybe updating a few tax tables and things like that. Is the the basic principles because they're based on biblical principles are always going to be like you say relevant and and true. Uh, let's right. go back a little bit to your uh, trip to Africa because I want you to share uh, a conversation you had with one of the leaders down in Africa about the materialism. Well, uh, I took uh, a couple of clients uh, and one of my staff uh, with me, uh, all of because there were four couples of us that went to Africa. I'd, I'd been to Kenya many times, and we so we went to Kenya. We were about four hours outside Nairobi, 
and standing uh, on a on a hill, a little hill, looking down at a pastor's home, and we were visiting this pastor, and it was a one room mud hut with a thatch roof, and uh, I, I, he had five children that lived in that one room, and. I asked him the question. I said, what's the greatest uh, barrier to the spread of the gospel in this part of the world? And I would have thought he would have said communication or money or transportation or tribalism, uh, something like that. But he didn't even hesitate. He said the biggest barrier to the spread of the gospel is materialism. Wow. And that shocked me. Because I thought materialism was indigenous to America, quite frankly. Uh, so I asked him, I said, well, explain to me what you mean by that. And he said, well, if a man has a mud hut, he wants a stone hut. If he has a thatch roof, he wants a metal roof. If he's got one acre, he wants two acres. If he's got one cow, he wants two cows. Mm-hmm. And I I realized uh, that materialism or consumerism is a disease of the heart. Uh, it's, not a, it's, it's not a disease of money. It is... Uh, wanting something and and living in discontent when God's word says be content with what you have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, and he was content with what he had, so he was a, a a perfect example of of the way to think. Uh, but it was pretty rare, and it's, it's really rare in America. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, share with us uh, the listeners before the bottom of the hour break. Have a couple minutes here. Your uh, relationship with Howard Hendricks and and some of the influence he had on your life, really, to try to pursue doing um, uh, counseling in biblical financial area. Well, Howie was a seminary professor at Dallas uh, Seminary, and we uh, had taught together uh, over several years, and he became a very good friend. But he was. Uh, as he said to me, he said, I'm a seminary professor. He said, I'm never going to make much money. I'll probably never be able to retire. Uh, and he said, would you take a look at my finances just to help me out and see what I'm, how I'm doing? Uh, and when I looked at his finances, uh, he was living within his income. It wasn't a huge income, but he was saving. Uh, he had no debt other than his mortgage. Uh, and they lived in a, they lived pretty modestly. And when you ran out what he was saving and what the seminary was putting into his 403B plan, uh, it, because he had such a low lifestyle, it wasn't going to take a lot of money to support him uh, when he reached retirement. Mm-hmm. And I was able to say to he and Gene, you're going to be just fine. And it was like I had taken a big stone off of his shoulders because he, he, just, he just relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I, I've since come to believe that, and say this a lot of times when I speak, if if I would give someone the opportunity to ask me just one question about money, I think I know what it would be. And I think I saw it in that, fir- in that first um, situation with Howie, and that was everybody wants to know the answer to the question, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. Because we're always comparing ourselves to something or someone, uh, and we all have visions and dreams and goals and uh, priorities, and what we want to know, how am I doing relative to something uh, in order to have a real financial peace of mind uh, and, and real contentment? So that Africa trip 
changed a lot uh, in my life, and it changed a lot in the advice that I gave, too. Yeah, that's great. Sure. I always enjoy hearing that, that story because it, it amazes me every time I hear it. So we're about to come to our bottom-of-the-hour break, and we have to break, hard break, so we want to make sure we, we uh, get in time for that. When we get back, we're going to be talking about some pieces of wisdom that Ron gets uh, regularly from his wife, Judy, as well as talk about the five uses of money, some of the best financial advice that Ron has given over the years. So we'll be back with the second half of Talking Money in just a few minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? Which is usually the common perspective. Or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation. Unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller coming to you live from the WGTK, the Answer Studios in the upstate of South Carolina. My special guest today, Ron Blue himself, who is the founder of Ronald Blue & Company, which ultimately became Ronald Blue Trust, and whom I work with now and very pleased to be associated with that team of, of great people, good Christian financial advisors. A lot of you also don't know that Ron is one of the ones who uh, uh, encouraged, I would say, was a... Uh, certainly a benefit to Dave Ramsey. So when you hear Dave Ramsey talk, and I know you, uh, Ron, you and Dave know each other fairly well, that uh, he will tell you that he got a lot of his ideas from you and Larry Burkett. So uh, you start a whole different generation of of, um, of teachers there with, with Dave Ramsey and what he does, although he... he as we know, maintains uh, more of a specialty toward cash flow budgeting. And, and at Ronald Blue Trust, we do a whole lot more than that. that that's our forte. Uh, matter of fact, I wanted to share with listeners the, a little piece that came from the What's Your Why? The Ronald Blue Story. And of course, you're Ron Blue, so you would know these. It says every organization, every organization has a what, a how, and a why. Our what is wealth management and trust services. Our how is through experienced financial advisors, building relationships and applying tools such as proprietary financial planning software, investment vehicles, and estate planning strategies. But it's our why that sets us apart from other wealth management and trust companies. Why is what motivates us to get out of bed in the morning? It's our reason 
cause and purpose for what we do. And later on this article, it says the vision of helping people seek and live their why was one of the cornerstones on which Ron Blue established Ronald Blue and Company in 1979. Ron felt challenged and called to help people become better stewards of their wealth and have a better relationship with money by using not just technical expertise, but biblical principles as well. So I think that uh, says it kind of a nutshell, what, uh, what has motivated you to do what you do all these years. Well, yeah, I like that. So, <laughs> yeah, some, couldn't have read it better yourself. Read it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I could have said that myself. <laughs> so, so for the break, I was teasing people uh, about uh, some wisdom, and uh, you shared some two pieces of wisdom from uh, your wife Judy that you've gotten uh, about. Uh, I, I assume you remember what those are. <laughs> I'm telling you what they are. Well, you, you said it a lot. Well, I've gotten a lot of good advice from my wife, and I got a lot of good advice from Dr. Hendricks also. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, he, how he had a saying, he said, God did not give you a spouse to frustrate you, but to complete you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's good counsel. And uh, my wife is a very wise woman, and I came home one time from having spoken, and I said, you know, I was, I was expecting a lot bigger crowd than showed up. And she didn't even hesitate. She said, God said, feed the sheep. Don't count them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of put you in your place there. It's like, okay, in perspective. Well, you know, it, it changed my whole attitude when I was speaking. Uh, you know, it was only, it was a Sunday school teacher that led Billy Graham to the Lord. Who knows what one life means? Right. And who knows what God's plans are for the people that, that show up. Um, the, one of the other things that she says, she says, you know, if it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. Mm. Uh, and that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. uh, Especially it, if it's not it, biblical. It, yeah. And, you know, we're always looking for that new thing. And, and when it comes to money, Somehow there's a belief that something new is going to provide me the opportunity to be successful beyond what I uh, would normally. But the reality is uh, that uh, biblical uh, advice and biblical financial wisdom is pretty basic, uh, and uh, and it works, and it works over time. In fact, I, uh, I was doing an interview yesterday. Uh, or Thursday, rather, and uh, this, the the fellow that was interviewing me said, "I talked to my mom this morning, and I I had I had never heard this, but she said she heard you speak probably thirty five years or so ago, and made up her mind as a result of that that she was going to plan to retire in her early sixties." And she just retired, and she's 61 years old. Wow. Uh, And what she did was she lived within her income for a long time. Yeah. uh, And she saved, and it worked. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Hendricks. Dr. Hendricks lived within his income. Uh, And if I had one piece of advice for anybody, that you cannot borrow your way to prosperity. Mm. Uh, You can only save your way to prosperity. Yeah, that's good advice. It is good advice, and that's not new. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is true. It's not new, and it is true. Yeah. 
<laughs> you've got a couple other things you call the the proof of concept i call it uh, i think you've called it that with the best of financial knowledge with biblical wisdom and the first one is hold your finances with an open hand right and and then, uh, yeah go ahead expand on that well i i think there's really four questions that we need to answer uh and uh, that that all come out of the heart because behavior uh, flows out of the heart. Yeah, what you believe is what you practice. And you got four questions. Number the first question is who owns it. Mm. And until you answer that question, you can never be a steward. Uh, if you own it, you can't be a steward. And if God owns it then I hold my finances with an open hand. And I illustrate that by just holding my hand out open. That allows God to put in or take out whatever he wants. When I close my fist, I own it, or rather, it owns me. Right. And so if I believe that God owns it, then uh, in reality, every decision that I make has a spiritual principle behind it Mm. uh, because I'm managing God's money. Right. Uh, the second question is, what are the finish lines? How much is enough? Uh, and the and the Bible says, be content with what you have. And I think everybody's looking for contentment. Uh, and contentment uh, is a choice. Uh, it's not an amount of money. You know, you, you can't feel financial independence. I've, you know, Mike, you've done it and I've done it with uh, develop uh, spreadsheets and say, look, you got this much money and this is going to last you for X number of years. Uh, you're financially independent or financially free, but there's no feeling associated with that. That's just a number. Right. Uh, but I can be content and I can know when I'm con- We know when we're content or we know when we're discontent, discontented. So uh, the second question is, what is the finish line? Yeah, how uh, much is enough? And that really it, it applies to, to both ends. So, like you said, you, you you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money to be satisfied to have joy. But then you've got the other end where you have people who are wealthy have a lot of money and ask that same question. It has a different perspective. How much is enough? And that's when you're talking about well, how much should I really keep? How much should I pass on to my family? How much should I go ahead and not necessarily wait till I die and as an inheritance pass it on to a ministry. Let's see how I can help ministries now who who need it so uh, so badly. So a prospective client that we've had just in the last couple of weeks that, that called us from Georgia. So it's not anybody around here, and and she uh, has her family getting involved, and her daughter and son are involved in helping this because it's a, a very wealthy family, and. She was struck when we shared with her that question of how much is enough because the daughter never thought about that. How much is enough? How much should I keep? So it, it definitely is impactful if you'll take the time and, and ask yourself that question. Yeah, because if you don't answer the question, you never stop. Uh, and you're never content. You, you can't be content. You don't know, you don't know how much is enough uh, unless you've set the, the finish lines. Uh, and I found working with uh, wealthier people that when they set a finish line uh, and say, I know what it is, now they're free to give. Mm. And uh, I've got a couple of principles when it comes to wealth transfer that uh, that apply here. One is do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. Yeah. 
And uh, the beauty of that is you're not going to get any joy out of leaving an estate. <laughs> so ah, very good. you you will get joy if you do your giving now. Uh, and, uh, I, and I know that uh, objectively. I've seen it. Uh, and, and believe it, the, uh, and the other uh, principle in terms of transferring wealth is if you love your children equally, you'll treat them uniquely mm. because they're all different. Right, right. And the, the reality is that's exactly the way God deals with us. He loves us all equally, but he treats every one of us as a unique person. Yeah, that's and, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's good uh, wealth transfer or estate planning uh, advice also. Yeah. When we get back so, from this break, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of organizations that you helped start. I know you've talked uh, okay. several times, and I hear you talk about having started several companies and several organizations that they, they all got better and bigger after you left the organization. <laughs> but but you still had the, the, the courage and foresight to start the organization, which is, uh, which is, which is excellent, and, and God has used you that way. Uh, but I want to talk about Kingdom Advisors and then Runnable Institute uh, as we have time when we get back from the break. But okay. I want to share a couple of verses that's the really the theme verses for Ronald Blue Trust I think is important. I've shared them on the air before, but it's been a little while. It comes from 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. It really deals with what you have just said. It goes like this. Instruct those who are rich in this present world, and that can be anybody in the U.S. who could, would be considered rich in the whole world, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to serve, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So that's our, our theme verse. When we get back, we'll, we'll talk some more about how those verses really help apply to starting Kingdom Advisors and the Ronald Blue Institute. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's one 800 5887526. Now back to talking money. Hey, we have about 10 minutes left here in the program with Talking Money. My special guest, Ron Blue. And Ron, you just heard that uh, little spot there. And that I would consider part of your legacy, all those services that I was describing in that spot. That's that's uh, uh, a really a, a um, result of, of the years of work that you've done uh, pouring yourself into a business that was also 
a ministry. And something else that you did that with was uh, Kingdom Advisors. So around 2003, you left Ron Blue and Company and to to really pursue Kingdom Advisors. And that's when we met. So the first time I met you was when you were, were really trying to spearhead and get traction on Kingdom Advisors. It wasn't called Kingdom Advisors. What was that? I can't remember the first name. Christian Financial Planning or something? Yeah, it was uh, CFPN. CFPN. Christian Financial, uh, yeah, CFPN. <laughs> yeah, CFPN. Is yeah, what it was called. yeah. And so that was Christian Financial Planning Network. That's what it was. Right, That's right. What it stood for. And so you came to town, and I went to a, a meeting that Russ Miller, who's since deceased, that had put together. And uh, when I walked in the room and and talked to Russ, and he said, uh, "Oh yeah, there's Ron Blue over there." And I said, "Well, the Ron Blue, because I'd never met you before. Yeah. I'd heard your name, <laughs> and that was it." And said, "Well, I was kind of surprised that you'd take the time to come up, but that was your passion." So talk a little bit about. The Kingdom Advisors, what is it, and why did you even bother starting something like that? Well, uh, there was a couple of things. One, uh, Mike, you know, I left the business world to, uh, to start a, another business that had a ministry uh, objective. And, uh, uh, and, and it, proved, it was the proof of concept. Uh, in other words, I proved that biblical wisdom was good for making financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and it was simple and it was relevant to everybody. Uh, but there was something else that was needed, and that was I wanted to share with uh, Christian advisors like yourself uh, and others, of which I know there are thousands, who want to have ministry with, uh, that, who, who want to have their vocation be their ministry. Right. Uh, and therefore, are the principles transferable? Uh, and the reality uh, was when we formed Kingdom Advisors, it was, there were 16 founding members, and today there's about 4,000. Uh, and it was to prove the fact that, uh, that uh, what I had been doing for 23 years was highly transferable. So Kingdom Advisors is uh, comprised of thousands of advisors uh, that are doing the same thing I did for 23 years. Therefore, uh, expanding the impact of what God had called me to do. So it's a way uh, to kind of clone and, yourself without actually having to clone you. <laughs> we would just try to multiply that, that experience many, many times over. Well, yeah, you know, Paul said, train, uh, train others to train others to train others in Second Timothy 2.2. 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what it was. Yeah. And the Great Commission was, the, the one commandment in the Great Commission is make disciples. Uh, and uh, God had allowed me to prove something. Uh, and so I, I needed to share it. I, I tell people, you know, everything I've done is copyrighted. So when you copy it, copy it right. Copy it right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved that. All right. So, Ron, I know uh, you started Kingdom Advisors and you wanted people. So why do you think it's important for a Christian to work with someone who shares that same Christian worldview? Well, uh, first of all, they share the same language. And uh, if you have the same language, it's you're going to have a uh, better chance as an advisor to help that person reach uh, their goals and values, what's really important to them. Uh, And uh, also, a Christian financial advisor is going to ask different questions than a non-Christian advisor. Right. For for example, are you happy with your giving? 
mm-hmm. you know, or would you like to give more or what's your finish line? Those mm-hmm. are uh, questions that are not typical in the financial services world. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's just, it's just assumed that more is the right objective. Yeah, but of course it's not. Yeah, and you know Jim Wise down in Orlando. He shares sure. he shares a story of um, having a client that called him that said, "I just came into some money. I think it was several hundred thousand dollars, an insurance refund that they didn't expect. Uh, that that some uh, whopping insurance policy, whatever it was. It was a lot of money. And they called Jim and said, "What should I do with this?" And he said, well, I don't know. He said, uh, I think you need to pray about it. So we've already established your finish line, as you talked about earlier, Ron. We have that. So you don't really need the money for yourself. I think you need to just pray about it. Now, how many financial advisors, first of all, would ever even say that? It would be like, no, bring the money in. We'll invest it, and you know, we'll start making sure. our fees on it. And that weekend, the couple called in the next week and said, hey, this past weekend, we went to a an event where the ministry was sharing their need, and the amount they needed was exactly what we got. And and so we ah. gave we gave it away. So we know exactly what we wanted to do with the money. So those are the yeah. kind of exciting things that we hear about that uh, it, we can help us fulfill what we do as a Christian financial advisor. And and I think there's also that difference between. And I've heard I've said this many times. Do do you want a financial advisor who happens to be a Christian, or do you want a Christian financial advisor? Because there's a difference yeah. in in how that person will relate to you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a Christian who's a financial advisor will undoubtedly be uh, moral and high integrity uh, and be a good person to work with. But a, a Christian financial advisor uh, is different in that uh, what they're attempting to do is to uh, use biblical wisdom as the basis of the financial advice that they give. Uh, and so the conversation will be entirely different when you're talking uh, with someone who wants, uh, such as yourself, uh, Mike, that uh, you have the eternal perspective and you want your clients to have the eternal perspective. Right. Because when you have the eternal perspective, everything falls into place. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that's also, what we're trying to do as advisors. Right. There's also that difference, and you and I talked about this, is uh, working with a Christian who works at a non-Christian firm, which, and there's many of those, and they do a great job, versus a Christian who works in a firm like Ronald Boo Trust, who's a Christian firm. It's it's kind of like the difference between a, a Christian who, who teaches in a public school, what are they allowed to share with their faith, versus a, a Christian who teaches in a Christian school, and the freedom that they have to share the gospel and to share their faith to their students, it's, it's like night and day. So that makes a, a big difference, I think, in how somebody should should approach that, at least consider it uh, as they're looking at right. uh, their own financial life. For no question about it. All right, right. So, so we've got about a minute left. I was hoping we would have time to talk about the Ronald Blue Institute that you started several years ago. Anderson University, North Greenville, here in the upstate are, are both trying to do this. I, know, uh, I don't know if you can give me a 30-second summary of that. Well, yeah, I can. If, you're, uh, if you go on to ronbleuinstitute.com, we've got an incredible amount of materials uh, that could be helpful to you. And it's our desire to share what God's given us as widely and as broadly as possible. So, ronbleuinstitute.com. Ron Blue, not Ronald Blue. This is ronbleuinstitute.com, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. We always have to check. Ronblue.com is our website, but Ronald Blue Trust is the name of the company. It confuses people all the time, but but that's all right. It gives us another reason to, to speak with each other. Well, thanks very much, Ron, for taking your time to visit with me today. So appreciate uh, your sharing your wisdom. Oh, 
What a a privilege it's been, Mike. Thank you for asking me. Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.